everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient or adult use person and you would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa, both S's. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC Sativa Podcast. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ and recreational states, as well as doing on-field work. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting and equipment, and travel. And you can do that by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You could support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. And we even have a $5 tier and a $10 tier if you're feeling extra generous. By supporting us on Patreon, it helps to sustain the podcast. It helps us to grow. And you, and in addition, you get bonus content. So you get live streams that I do at even the $1 tier. You get early release episodes even at the $1 tier. Um, you also get um, exclusive episodes that um, the general public won't get. So you can support us for as little as $1 a day. And any little bit helps. And we would really appreciate any support you can give the project. And without further ado, here's the episode. Afternoon, y'all. Um, hope you guys are having a great afternoon. It's 1.54 p.m. in Legal, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, before I start this address, um, I just want to say um, rest in power to Michael Jackson it's been 10 years since the King of Pop has passed away. And we have to remember that he revolutionized music. You know, um, he was a very savvy business person and he owned all his music. And um, he doesn't get credit for his business savvy. Um, the shoes that he used to do um, Smooth Criminal, he patented those shoes. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but that, but it's true. He did. He was a very he, he was one he, he's one of the best musicians of all time and that can't even be disputed and his music is just so great and um, despite um, the fact that people try to smear him and, and try to break him down in his in, in his later years in life the point still stands that he then he's one of the best musicians of all time and you know none of the allegations that were made against him were true and um so i'm gonna end the episode with a uh, michael jackson song that's gonna be relevant to what we're talking about today 
So again, I just wanted to spend a little time talking about him. Rest in peace, the king of pop. We'll always remember you. We'll always remember that you're one of the best musicians of all time. And no one will ever come close to him. Period. Full stop. So, um, in, in light of that, um, in, in light of the sort of bad news and in light of sort of the, um, in, in light of sort of, um, remembering that he, he died from us too, um, early, um, there's some very, very good news of, um, of, of something that happened just one year ago today. And that is, um, Oklahoma, um, more like Toklahoma, legalizing medical marijuana um by I, I believe by 57 percent and um now they have one of the best medical marijuana programs in the country they are a medical marijuana powerhouse the they are 130 some 140 patients strong they have one of the biggest and most robust programs in this in the country right now you know they're out they're out foxing a lot of blue states they're outfoxing New York, my home state of Massachusetts, even though we have adult use. We only really have, after four years, we only really have like 60,000, 70,000 people on the registry. Whereas Oklahoma, in one year, managed to amass 137,000. thousand, And they're, sh they're showing no signs of slowing down. So I'm going to read an article about, um, about this from TulsaWorld.com. And... Um, it was written by Samantha Vincent, and um, the article is titled, One Year Later After SQ 788 Vote, Oklahoma Nears Number One for Patients Among Medical Marijuana States. With Oklahoma's, when Oklahoma's voted one year ago to favor, in favor of State Question 788, officials thought that 80,000 patients, or about 2% of the state's estimated population, would register in the first year of a legal medical marijuana program. As of June 24th, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority has already registered more than 3.5 of the population as patients with little sign of applica application slowing. That participation rate puts Oklahoma near number one among the 33 states that have some form of medical cannabis legislation in place as of May. And another thing I sort of want to add to that, um, it's, it, um, I, I mean, I'm sort of like a, like a stats nerd and stuff a little bit. And, um, the MPP policy, the Marijuana Policy Project used to have on their website, you know, um, a list of, um, all, all the states that have medical marijuana, including how many th thousands or how many hundreds of thousands or how many, maybe even millions for some states. I think in California, it's like, it was over a million, a million, two million of medical marijuana patients. It had like the whole list. And then it told you how many percentage of, of the population were patients. I can't, I can't seem to find that particular, um, chart anymore. Um, the MVP must have scrubbed it from their website or paywalled it or whatever. But I, at any rate, I can't see it. But from well, from what I remember, looking at that chart, um, patient counts would never exceed more than three, three, three and a half percent of 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 a given population. And 
a lot of that is for many reasons. It's, you know, people get drug tested at their jobs, so they're not going to give up what puts food on the table for their kids and and what pays the mortgage for their house just to use medical marijuana, you know? I mean, it's sad that people have to continue using pharmaceuticals, but you have to understand it from their perspective. And also, you can't own, if, if you have a medical marijuana card, a lot of the time, most of the time, you cannot own firearms because, you know, the federal government and the ATF, the form you have to fill out to, to get a gun oftentimes, they, they, ask, they ask if you're an unlawful user of medical marijuana or adult use. And, they, and, and there was a, even an added emphasis added three years ago saying, even if it's legal in your state, you, you cannot own guns if you use cannabis. So, I mean, so those are some of the many reasons. And you have people that have federal government jobs where there's a zero tolerance policy towards cannabis or people who, 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 um, who have um, CDLs. You get drug tested pretty regularly to get that. And they have a very zero tolerance policy on cannabis. So those factors are why a lot of people, you know, don't get cards, even though they can benefit. But um, in Oklahoma, you know, already 3.5% of the population are patients and they're not slowing down. But um, let me, let, let's continue. As of June 24th, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority has already registered more than 3.5% of the population as patients with little signs of application slowing. That participation rate puts Oklahoma near number one of 33 states that have some form of medical cannabis as of, in place as of May. Comparatively low financial barriers compared to a lack of restrictions on qualified conditions brought patients out in droves for licenses. OMMA Executive Director Adrian Rollins said last week, Oklahoma's medical cannabis law, unlike the laws of most states doesn't have a list of qualifying conditions patients must prove to enroll. Quote, I think everyone took the language of the state question to heart by not adding medical condition qualifiers, Rollins said of lawmakers who worked the past legislative session to expand Oklahoma's medical marijuana regulations. The price for applying for a patient card is about $105 and can be less than 25 for those on subsidized health care, which is more than Arkansas officials charge, but near the average in most other states. We looked at different states' registration numbers and what they're saying about their respective application rates to come up with an initial estimate of 80000 for Oklahoma, Rollins said. But her background in trying to do research, our, our high estimate of 150000 wasn't even close. So I have been really shocked by that, she said. By the numbers. U.S. data, U.S. Census data indicates that Oklahoma, with a projected 3.943 million residents as of 2018, with nearly 140,000 patients on record as of June 17th, Oklahoma's registration rate is about 35 per thousand people, 
Maine, the closest comparison, removed qualifying conditions from its law last year after medical marijuana became legal in 1999 and does not require patients to register with the state. Good on Maine. Maine does a lot of things right. We're going to do another episode in Maine right after this episode, so stay tuned. But, um, let's continue. The Office of... The Office of Marijuana Policy in Maine released statistics showing a printed patient certificate certification card rate of about 34.3 per thousand residents in 2018. I think Maine only has like think some like 50,000 patients, but Maine's population is just is like a little bit over a million. So again, it meets that 3ish percent number. And they've they've had medical since the 90s. You know, you've been able to grow and possess for medical purposes since the 1990s. And you know, and they've and they've decrimmed since like the 70s as well too. So they've sort of been they've sort of been pioneers in, in, in marijuana. They've been you know they get slept on as as pioneers. You know, all the Western states get all the shine for their 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 cannabis offerings but maine i mean i've been to multiple medical and adult use states i've been to multiple areas with that have marijuana legal for either medical or adult use purposes i've been to michigan i've been to washington state you know um, i've been to my state obviously and you know maine's offerings like i've i often say that that um the best medical marijuana I've ever gotten was from Michigan but Maine Maine is as is like at that same level in my opinion like I have a like I like I've often said I have a caregiver in Maine her stuff is amazing all right she she sells me tinctures that that help with my sleep so much and um some some of the strains that I've I've gotten from her some of the tincture strains like I can I can I could like microdose with that strain you know, and then still get my stuff done for the day, and, um, she only charges me, like, um, for a one ounce tincture, she only charged me 18 bucks, and that includes, that includes shipping, but, um, but, but, um, but if I were to go to a, a dispensary in my own home state, I would have to pay 50, 60 dollars for that same one ounce tincture, and for two ounces, she'll only charge me, like, I believe, um, 38 dollars, and again, that that same if I go to a Massachusetts dispensary, I would have to pay a hundred dollars to a hundred dollars, one twenty, one thirty, for that same quantity of tincture. It's highway robbery in Massachusetts. These East Coast dispensaries, you know, are very sort of monopolistic, and you know, it's very big cannabis oriented. So you don't have like a huge caregiver market. Like you're seeing in Maine, like you're seeing in, you know, Oklahoma, where the barriers of entry are just so low that um, that you have a lot of small time growers that run things. You know, in Michigan, before they corporatize it, you had the same thing. It was the small time growers that were the that were the drivers of the program. It wasn't these big corporations. So you were able to get your cannabis and your medicine at a very cheap price and you were able to know your growers. You know, I, I can't tell you how important that is. Like, I, I'm lucky that I have 
growers that, you know, I have growers that I know that, that they can get me cannabis and have gifted to me and their stuff is fire. And, um, I'm lucky that I have my main caregiver that sends me fire stuff again. I mean, Maine, Michigan have some in Oklahoma have some of the best cannabis in, in, in the country, some of the best medical marijuana in the country. And they do it very cheaply while allowing the small time person to, to have a shot. Whereas all these other East Coast states fail to do that. But let's continue. California, a state with both medical and recreational marijuana laws, does not require patients to obtain an identification card to take advantage of the medical law. Prop, Proposition 215, which took effect in 1996. However, organizations such as the Marijuana Policy, Policy Project estimate that California has a registration rate of about 31 patients per 1,000 residents. Quote, the numbers are already at least roughly tied with the highest participation rate in the country, says Karen O'Keefe, the director of state policies for MPP, a pro-cannabis nonprofit that advocates for legal reforms and tracks cannabis use by state. Quote, I think in a lot of ways, Oklahoma has among the best medical marijuana programs in the country in terms of patients having relief quickly without a bunch of hurdles and they and their physicians have to jump through. Brian Fairman, a postdoctoral fellow working for one of the U.S. National Institutes of Health, compiled a peer-reviewed research paper in 2015 on the trends of medical cannabis program participation rates by adults in 13 states plus the District of Columbia. He said his research revealed spikes in places like, like Colorado and Montana in the early 2010s after the U.S. Justice Department publicly announced shifts in the priority it would give to marijuana law enforcement. Quote, after that, people saw that and thought, it's going to be okay if I get a medical marijuana card or, or if I get medical marijuana and start a dispensary, Fairman said. Colorado and Maine have since legalized recreational marijuana, and an AP analysis shows patient participation rates in medical marijuana programs can drop by as much as half in the few years after recreational marijuana becomes available. Although Oklahoma did not have a law in effect during Fairman's research, he said it is apparent residents have responded well to not having to prove specific medical conditions and often having easy access to a wide array of dispensaries, making access easier. The OMA, as of June 17th, has approved 3,211 growers, 1,548 dispensary, and 840 or 859 processor licenses. Arkansas, which legalized Medica cannabis in 2016, had only its third dispensary statewide open earlier this summer after lengthy legal battles over limitations on commercial licenses. Quote, I think it helped that there's a non-competitive application process, O'Keefe said, SQ of SQ-788, adding, you don't have to have the government deciding how many pharmacies can operate. For the most part, we let the free market decide. And that's, this is where my libertarian comes out. The libertarian 
to my progressive comes out. This is how cannabis should be regulated. I, I believe in a free market completely for cannabis. I don't believe in a free market for healthcare, but I digress. But for cannabis, for medical marijuana, this is how you regulate it. And and how California did it in, in before um, adult use. That's, that is how you do a program. And how Michigan did it before they corpora- corporatize everything. Those three states and, and, and Oklahoma, those couple of states I just named, they did marijuana correctly. Because it's very, the barriers of entry were very low. You can, you can get a medical marijuana card pretty easily. Um, you, you, you had a lot of dispensaries you can access. You had a lot of growers you can access. You know, you had a lot of small time growers. So you actually knew your grower and you can keep track of what she or he grows. And, you know, if, if your grower isn't growing a specific strain you want, you can find another small-time grower. You know, you're not having to buy from these big corporations, from big marijuana. You're not having to participate in that. And when you have all these dispensaries to compete, the consumer does better because the prices get low. But then when you over-regulate it like you do in my home state and you force vertical integration, you know, like, like Massachusetts and like Florida... Only the only the millionaires with a lot of money have the money to jump through the hoops and ladders to 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 go through the onerous rules of vertical integration. Only millionaires can do it. And you price out the small time growers and the pioneers. But in Oklahoma and in, in Oklahoma you don't have that. Which which is amazing. Behrman said that Colorado and Montana had more permissive commercial laws in the earlier years of their medical programs, which resulted in a proliferation in dispensaries and a cor- corresponding increase in patient registration. Officials in both sta- states attempted to limit that trend, he said, with Montana choosing to redefine the list of medical conditions. Quote, in Montana, they made it harder to get medical marijuana recommendations for chronic pain, which is usually the biggest one people cite when they want medical marijuana. You had to go through a couple of extra hoops to get certified, Fairman said. Adult patient registration numbers, they are dipped 75% by 2012 and have remained only a fraction of the 2011 rate of 40 per thousand people, he said. Rawlins said that the that neither the OMMA nor the state legislature anticipate ma- anticipate making attempts to reduce the size of Oklahoma's program. The Oklahoma State Board of Health last July voted to enact emergency rules that would have banned consumption by smoking and required the involvement of pharmacists and dispensaries. However, public outrage, including in some cases from lawmakers and a letter from the state attorney general led to a reversal of those changes. See what I tell you? When 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 you stand up to your politicians and you make a stink and you let it known that their tyranny won't stand and you blow up their inboxes and you tell them that they're going to be unemployed if they if they continue subverting the will of the people, they get shook really really quickly. They get shook really really quickly. They they know where their bread is buttered and then they cave. And that's what you had happen in Oklahoma. 
You know, if more of us stood up to our politicians, we would have a much better outcome across the board. We have to remember that they work for us, not the other way around. So we should not be timid and afraid to make our, our voices known, especially when they go against our, our, our will and they go against what we want. Governor Kevin Stitt signed House Bill 2612, a lengthier framework for the medical cannabis industry, into law earlier this year. It will take effect in late August without restrictions likely to limit patient participation and include state-level protections for patients who own firearms. That is key. Every state in the union needs to copy that. Every single every single state with medical marijuana needs to copy that. You know, I'm I'm pretty I would say I'm pretty right to most progressives on guns. I mean, I still believe like you should have like background checks and stuff so you you know, you prevent criminals and you prevent, you know, people with with um mental illnesses that make them a danger to themselves and others from owning a firearm. I I agree you should have that. But I don't I don't fundamentally agree that we shouldn't have the second amendment you know you know a lot of people hunt a lot of people want guns to protect their family you know if mr sativa ever has a family or ever owns a home i don't think i'll ever have any of those things but you're you're darn sure i'm gonna own it you're darn sure i'm gonna consider owning a gun you know it's not a guarantee i'll 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 buy a gun but i'm not morally against it and you shouldn't have to you should not have to trade rights you should not have to choose oh am i going to get medicine that's going to improve my condition or am i going to have to give up my protection and liberty to own a firearm you should not have to make that choice and i'm so glad oklahoma has led has led the way in this and i think other states can copy from that I think everyone has tried to make it easier for patients to have access to the system as far as applying and how they get recommendations, Rollins says. The, the demand is obviously there, so I think it will be interesting once we get re- into renewal season this fall on the business side to see how many have been able to sustain and become fully oper- and become operational. End of article. So I don't think I have too much more to add. Um, I'm going to end the episode with the um, Michael Jackson song. Um, so if you live in Oklahoma, um, you have you don't get complacent. You have the best medical marijuana law in the country. But don't think your lawmakers aren't going to try to undermine it in some way, shape, or form. And if they do try to do that, you got to tell them to beat it. And as always, everyone... Stay medicated, my friends, and rest in power, Michael Jackson.
show them.